Good morning, guys. It is Thursday, November 12th, and I am back to record a podcast, and it is at your request, and there are some fantastic questions. I'm going to answer six questions. Yesterday, I hopped on the My Taught You Facebook page and asked what you guys wanted me to talk about. And that question is still there. So if you want to go to my Facebook page and pop a question on that thread, I'll do my best to sort of like move it up to the top and highlight it. And I'm going to work from there um, for the next couple of podcasts, unless something strikes me or hits me. Um, and I'm just going to work from there, answer your questions. And I will even be going in there and answering some questions as well. So don't hesitate to pop in there. So that's facebook.com backslash my taught you. Uh, for those of you who aren't who don't know I do have another journal coming out it is shipping December 1st it is a this is my year journal and so often people ask me sort of like how do I prepare how do you stay focused it's really difficult as you get older I love to use the word age but maybe that's not the right word but as we start to get older and we don't have anything to sort of advance us you know when you're in school you get advanced from third grade or fourth grade in college you can go undergrad graduate school and then you're just out in the world and you're like how do I continue to sort of like push and advance myself that's what that journal is about that journal is also similar to the last journal in helping you um helping you sort of prepare uh, and and using it as a tool along with these podcasts it is uh, better quality so I did I noticed because I used the last journal and I noticed how some of that the cover depending on if you drug it around like I did it rubbed off I had them change the cover some so it's sturdier and it's actual gold foil so the cover will not rub off you can beat this up even more because the plan is for you to use it for a year uh and I'm going to let you know, I guess I'll do in my next podcast, I'll let you know what to expect in it. Uh, I'm really pleased with it. Like I really am happy about it. And I think that you will find it helpful in really just buckling down and focusing on your year. And it doesn't necessarily mean January to January. I mean, sometimes you recalibrate at some point in the year, you know, maybe it's your birthday, maybe it's um, some other time in life, but it doesn't have to necessarily be January to January. Like your calendar year is your own calendar year. And, um, I'm excited. So you can purchase that pre-order that at my same price, just better quality. Um, I am only doing a limited number of those and I'm not, not going to order anymore. I did order a bunch more of the last ones, but I'm not doing that. And those are down too. So once those are gone, those are done. And then this one for the year, once it's done, it's done forever. Cause I really hope, I really want people to get it and buckle down and focus for the year. So I have everyone's names. I'm excited to answer your questions. I've got six of them. Uh, without further ado, I'm going to get into Teresa, uh, Teresa's first question. Hey, Teresa Horton, how do you know when it's time to move on from your job, find a new job or venture out on your own? Please advise. Um, hey, Teresa, first of all, I, I love this question because I think that oftentimes we tend to overthink things and we're waiting for this big sign to come to us and say, you know, sometimes people write me on my Instagram and be like, I'll post a quote and they'll be like, tag a friend and say, this is a sign. Um, I think it's time to move on when you feel like it, like when this thought comes to you, because you're just like, okay, I'm maybe you've lost interest. Uh, I do think that there are some times when 
if you're in a job and let's just say it's entry level and it might be difficult and a lot of things are difficult in the beginning, but if you are learning a lot and these are things, skills that you can't get anywhere else, then you may want to like set a time limit, like, okay, I'm going to do two years at this. So prime example, after I graduated college, first year out of college, I did a part-time job and I, after about a year of doing it, I sort of knew, like I got that itch and that feeling that it was probably time to move on because I just felt, I don't know. I felt cramped. I felt stifled. I felt annoyed. Like I really couldn't grow the way that I wanted to. Like it wasn't that I was being challenged. Like there's one thing when a job is hard, which the next one was, I'll tell you about that. But I just felt like, you know what, this is stifling. I can't grow here. So one year of that, after that, I get my first full-time job out of college. And before I took that job, I said to myself, because it was low paying, but high experience exposure and everything, like didn't pay a lot, but the access that I got was like, just unmatched. Like my boss at the time, she launched the PR campaign for American Idol. Like it's really difficult for you to put a price on that. So, but in my mind, I said, I'm going to view this like a master's program. I'm going to give this two years, even if it like hurts my feelings, sucks, gets really difficult. I'm dedicating two years to this to learn and not focusing on whether or not I'm getting a raise, even though I did. But I just like, so once that two year period came, then I started being open to other offers and opportunities. And I ended up not having to look for another job. I got another job offer, but I had already made it up in my mind that after two years, I was going to entertain that. So I guess it's just a function of, you know, setting your time limits and knowing how you're going to progress when you're going to be open, when you're going to start looking and don't be so worried about on your resume, you can pretty much explain anything like why you left a place, what you hope to gain from it and why you moved on. Um, and I don't know that all companies are looking for lifers these days. Some people are, some people, um, know that maybe you'll advance and, and go on and grow on to other places. So, um, when you feel like it's time, go ahead and start looking around and take the leap. And as far as venturing out on your own, um, it just depends. Like, uh, you can do both. Like I have pretty much always had two jobs, you know, even uh, for those that don't know, I am the founder and CEO of Curlbox, which is a very busy full-time job. But I also do this, my Tachi thing sort of on the side, mainly because I really like it. I really like Curlbox. Um, Curlbox is a bigger business and it has much more moving pieces. And my Tachi is pretty much, these podcasts are free. I can do them whenever I want. I'm sitting here up in my bedroom having coffee doing this. And I really enjoy, um, I feel like this is something that truly gives back to me. Uh, Curl, not that Curlbox doesn't because it does. Just seeing people have an ease in finding their products, that brings me joy. But helping so many young women in the space that I felt like I was um, is my side hustle. So you can do multiple things. I think people don't realize that you can have a couple of different things that you do that happen to bring some income. So hope I answered your question. It was a, a long roundabout way, but um, let me know what you thought about that answer. Teresa, your question is up on the Facebook and we can keep talking about it. Next question comes from Chastity. I think it's Cullum. Um, that's, I like that name. Looks good on paper. How are you Chastity? Your question is, 
How do you combat the loneliness of entrepreneurship and growth? Also, what keeps you grounded in who you are during uncertain times of life, i.e. spiritual practice, etc.? Um, I read this question and I was just thinking about like, you know, the loneliness of entrepreneurship and I never want to be that like, what was me kind of person. Um, there are times when things get a little lonely. Like I will admit I travel a ton and I travel most of the, I would say 75% of my travel is by myself. And so sometimes that gets lonely, but it's also, I look at it as such a rich opportunity to meet other people. I can't even tell you the amount of people that I've met by being out by myself and on my own, like, um, like real talk. I was on a treadmill in a hotel in Mexico and ended up running alongside this woman named Tiffany, who I, and this was probably like three years ago and I'm still friends with her. Like she doesn't work in my industry. She is this, she ended up becoming a very good friend who happened to live in New York. And every time I go to New York, I call her and we hang out and we even met up for like dinner in Amsterdam uh, at the beginning of this year. And so it is sometimes it feels like it can be a lonely thing. But as long as you are open to meeting people, it is a it is a great way to meet other people. And I have a lot of other friends who are entrepreneurs and because of our flexibility in our schedules, we can get together pretty much any time. And so we see each other at conferences and other places and I call them and I talk to them. And so it's not uncommon. I would say like every week, I probably have a conversation via phone, via text or in person with another entrepreneur. So it's not completely um, lonely. It's just different. It's just not the same as having like a whole department of coworkers. Um, as far as uh, grounded, um, I think staying grounded has always been very important to me because I started my career in entertainment and I watched a lot of celebrities. Like I've seen people go through sort of starting off as not so famous and then just sort of exploding into fame and, and watching the effect that that has had on them. And I always noticed that the celebs that tended to do the best, um, meaning like they remained famous, uh, they were most grounded and humble and just kind people. Um, not that they didn't have their nuances, but they just always remained kind. And so, um, when I sort of became publicly successful with Curlbox, because in my mind, I have been successful for much longer. And when I say success, I don't mean like financial success per se, but I have been able to make a decent living um, working for myself well before Curlbox. And so that to me made me a success. Um, but I saw how sort of the like praise that people give you in the People give me a lot more things than they gave me before. And I'm not just talking about, I'm talking about like hotels. I'm talking about people. I used to look at celebrities like they can afford this stuff. Why are you giving it to them? But people just, it's a thing that comes along with it. And so it was very important to me to not fall into that trap um, of believing my own hype and like expecting things um, of people and from people because of where I am or, or how people view my position in life. So, um, staying grounded is like super important to me. So I do have a lot of help in my life, but like some things that I do, you know, I do my own grocery shopping for the most part when I don't use Instacart, but like I do my own grocery shopping. I 
there's a lot of some things that I do um, to just make sure that I have a handle and I'm not just like way left with things. I still, every time somebody writes me a card, I try to write them back, um, trying to just remember to like make efforts and always remember where I was before, like remembering all the ways that made me um, hungry. Um, and as far as uncertain times of my life, uh, I, you know, I would say that I'm very spiritual, spiritual in action. Um, I think a lot of people may pray or they may attend services or churches and stuff, but I try to be very spiritual, actively spiritual, meaning giving, um, sharing, uh, doing these kinds of things, uh, making sure that any person that ever felt like me um, has an answer or I can at least give them some answers and, and inspire them and give them some faith to know that like uncertain times are very short in comparison to the breadth of your life. So uh, you may have a bad day, bad week, bad month, bad quarter. Um, it may even be a rough year, but it is not ever going to be a rough life, you know? And so that's kind of how I look at things. And so I try to embrace my sucky times in life because I know that they're not going to last forever and just go, you know what? I can't have a good day every day. You know, I can try, but sometimes it just may not happen. So hopefully that answered the question. Next question, short question from Deb Armstrong. Do you really need a master's degree? Um, it depends. I think I've answered this question before. It depends on what profession you're going into. It's just like, you know, if you want to be a medical doctor, you have to have certain degrees to do that. Um, if you want to be a marketer or PR practitioner, you may not necessarily need it. There are some fundamentals that I do believe that school gives you, but I don't know that you need them. So whether or not you need a master's, de master's degree depends on the field that you're going into. Jessica um, says, Jessica P., I quit my job in corporate America to start my own handmade jewelry and paper product business. I love what I do. I'm passionate about it, but the business is not working. I'm not getting the sales needed to sustain me financially. Should I return back to a safe corporate job or get going with my business? What have you done when things that you really, really wanted, particularly in business, just doesn't work out? Um, the thing is, is that I, like I said earlier, you can do two things at once and you let a lot of times sales and demand dictate when it's time to jump ship. So let's just say my Tachi starts going way bigger than Curlbox, then it's like, okay, maybe I would jump ship. But you have to, I did another company before I did Curlbox. And when Curlbox blew up, I jumped ship from there. So it's just a thing of like, a lot of times, yes, it does make sense to kind of go full throttle on some things. But Homemade jewelry and maybe a paper product business is something that, like when I did Curlbox, I hired a person to help with the other business so that I could focus on the new business. And sometimes maybe it's hiring a person to help you transition. So maybe you're not making all the money at first, but that person is helping you keep your income happening. So that person, I had like a consulting agency. And so that person always made sure my clients were happy and taken care of. Um, and that, you know, if I missed an email or I was out doing something that they didn't feel like I had completely abandoned them. So 
that may be what you need to do. And it's just like business not working. A lot of times people don't research the businesses before they start them. They just think, oh, I like it. I love what I do. If I'm passionate about it, it'll work. Not necessarily, you know, and I have hit some failures within my businesses and some things just don't work, you know, but it doesn't mean that you should give them up. It means that you should, what are some of the products that do really well? Maybe those are the only one or two things that you should sell. You know, it's like there are people who who specialize in just making those little bracelets. If that's the thing that's really selling, focus on that. But, you know, you've got jewelry, you've got paper products. That sounds like a lot. That sounds sort of unfocused. Um, and I don't know how you can, like, build on that. So you think, I started Curlbox. Then we started other, like, Curlbox Body, Curlbox Natural. Like you build on something that's already really working, but I just didn't jump out the gate with all this stuff, um, even if I was passionate about it. So I hope that that helps you. Um, Regina Smith, how do you plan for next for your next year? Um, I am very much a planner, and that is why I was really excited to do this new journal that we have coming out on December 1st, because I think that how you start anything is how you finish. And um, I am going to go into next year. I'm already thinking about it. Like, you know, I always start with an assessment. And so in the new journal, I tell you how to take an assessment. So I start with an assessment. Um, after that, I kind of just build on like what my mantra is, like what is going to be my sentence for the year? What is the thing that a couple years ago, it was, um, feelings are not facts and they will pass if you allow them to. And I used to keep saying that to myself because I was having a really emotional, I knew that I was going into the year really emotional. It was like I had went through a bad breakup. I had gotten in trouble, gotten a DUI, gotten all these things. It seemed like, it seemed like I could not win. It seemed like everything was stacked against me. And my mantra, I had written it out huge on my board across my computer, almost like stamped it inside my eyelids. Feelings are not facts. And they will pass if you allow them to. And I would always say that to myself. And so that's something else that I do to prepare for my year. Um, and because I have to like be a business person, I'm going to tell you that the rest of how you plan for your year is in the journal. And so I hope you get it. Um, and I'll tell I basically have listed ex exactly how I do it. Next up, Nikki Jackson. Uh, I can't say your last name. It seems like Sagittarius, but it's very cool. Um, what drives you to keep going? What is something you want to accomplish in the next five years? And will Curlbox be a part of the plan or will you be working on your next venture? And lastly, more of a suggestion. Have you thought about going on a speaking tour? Hey, Nikki, I'm going to sip my coffee really quickly. One second. Mm, what drives me to keep going? Uh, I would just say that I am sort of like, I have always been ignorantly ambitious. Uh... I have always wanted to see what I can do, how big, how far, how much, what can I get done? And I also am very creative, lots of ideas, lots of cool things that I like to see happen. And so I think that that is sort of what keeps me going is like, how many things can I get out of my mind and out into the world? Um, in the next five years, I will be... 41. So in five years, I will be 41 years old. And I don't know, like, I don't know, like, I remember being in school, and people would be like, what's your your five year plan? And I'm just like, I don't really know. I hope to be happy. 
um, you know, my sanity, my happiness, my whole life uh, is what's most important to me. And so I just hope that I'm happy. Um, I hope that I'm happy. I hope that I continue in contentment. I hope that I get to continue to try. Um, I don't have to, I'm not so married to being bigger. And I think that that usually shocks or surprises people who have come along and wanted to maybe invest in me or invest in what I have going on. And it's like more doesn't motivate me. Um, goodness, the expansion of goodness, um, helping is what motivates me. And so I don't have like a, there's no dollar amount I want to make. There's no moreness uh, that I want. It's just, I guess, like from just focusing on my wholeness, like always just making sure that in whatever I do, I am whole. And even if that means subtracting things from my life, that I am still whole. Um, so that's really it for me, not to be all extra deep with you, but that's kind of how I feel. Um, Crowbox, I love Crowbox. Like I still love it. And I always said that I would always, as long as I love it, I will do it. And when I don't love it, I won't do it anymore. But I still love it. And we just got back from, um, a bunch of us got together and went on a Crowbox retreat and like, we're all fired up. We got so many, we got so many good ideas for next year that like the fact that we still get to do this and the fact that we're so fired up and we got some new young girls out here who, who want to bring greatness to the table, um, just makes it even more exciting. So more Crowbox, more Crowbox Natural, more Crowbox Body. I'm really excited about Crowbox Body that's going on sale tomorrow, Friday the 13th. It's, it's super good. And it's got this one product that I discovered that I just think is epic. That's going to blow your mind. Um, so that's how I feel. And maybe it won't, you know, some people write me like, it didn't blow my mind. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I tried. Uh, and the suggestion of speaking to her, um, maybe like I think about it. Uh, I want to do it, but I try to keep this, my Tachi business, something that, uh, doesn't have as much pressure as my other business. So Crowbox is very demanding. Uh, there's a lot of travel involved. There's a lot of meetings. There's a lot of things that come along with it. So I never want to put too much pressure on myself. And I did, I think I did at some point this year earlier when I, I did all this stuff and everything sucked because I allowed all these like speaking requests uh, to sort of weigh me down and not say no. Like I can't do five speaking engagements in a week, like in seven days and travel and try to be good. Like what was I thinking? Uh, so maybe I will plan one, uh, a small one. Um, let me know where you guys want me to come. So hop on the Facebook, let me know, give me like a three city, three to five city tour suggestion, and maybe we'll make it happen. Um, Charday, what's up girl? Charday Jones. I'm a writer and preparing to relaunch my website. I would like to charge what I'm worth. Oh, how I love that. Um, but don't know where to begin. And of course there's fear, doubt, and a host of other things that come with taking that step. How did you make the difficult decision to stand firm on it. Well, the thing about it is like charge your worth. What is your worth? How do you, how can you even, how do you even know what your worth is if you don't even know where to begin? So many people get caught up in that dollar amount that they think they're worth. And I'm not saying that you don't have value, but you also, the first thing you have to determine is the market. What is the market paying? Um, you know, it's like Tila Tequila 
Megan, my friend always has the joke, like, tea with tequila has a million followers on MySpace. But if MySpace is not happening more, what, how relevant are you? Like, that's the thing is you may be the world's best writer, but what is your relevancy? You know, that's how the market determines your worth. And so you have to work on your relevancy. And um, a lot of times you have to do a lot of things for free. You have to do a lot of things for free to prove to people that you actually have worth. A lot of people don't care about how good you think you are. And I, and it's the way that I started. I started off low. And then once people saw how good I was, I never had to go low again. So it's just like, I don't have to do that. There are still some things that I've done for lower amounts because I really just wanted my foot in the door. I wanted my foot in the door. I wanted access. I wanted exposure. And so to this day, there are still some things that I do on the low because I want to be in the room. And that's what you have to remember when you're determining your quote unquote worth. Um, fear and doubt and all that stuff is, I, I did a really, one of my favorite podcasts I've ever done. If you, if you can Google it or take a look on the site and find it, do a control F like a search. It's called Overcoming Obstacles, Fear and Doubt, favorite podcast of all time. And that will help you get through the whole fear and doubt. And I'll tell you again, if you're writing this down, it's, uh, it's on here. It's Overcoming Fear, Obstacles and Doubt. If you Google that and type my name in, you'll find it. And that's probably one of my best favorites of all time. Um, and so I don't have a problem making difficult decisions and I don't have a problem standing firm. I am probably one of the most decisive people you will ever meet. I just decide and I, because I'm okay with the consequences or, you know, it's like, there's no, I don't believe in right or wrong. It's just good or bad consequences. And so it's just like, if I make a decision and it's not, it ends up not being the best decision, then I learned something. So I don't really worry about that, you know? So hope that helped you. Last question, which was, I saved it because it was a little bit tricky and I've done a podcast on this before. Um, and this one is from Rayanne. Working as a black woman in a predominantly white field, how do you not dilute who you truly are to make your non-minority colleagues more comfortable? Are you really tested differently, treated differently, or is it all in my head? Eh, you know, it's not in your head. Like, I can be honest and transparent with you and say that. Um, I A lot of the reason why I, I wanted to work for myself was that I did feel that. I, I felt exactly what you're talking about in some of my earlier internships. Um, I had an internship in New York, phenomenal, learned a lot, um, but it was difficult because I was the only, I remember like, I, I was like one of the few black people that wasn't in the mail room or maybe like at the front desk secretary working like in the whole building, Fifth Avenue, Trump Towers, and that stuff's intimidating. You know, I'd be in the kitchen and there'd be non-black girls in there. And I felt like they were staring at me, you know, when I would like make something in the microwave that maybe they didn't know what it was. Or, you know, if I, I had my hair in braids and I just was like, I used to, you know, think like, oh my God, I don't look like everybody else. And, um, to this day, I still, I own a business that is black owned, but I don't do biz. I don't do business with 100% um, black businesses. I do business with everyone. And I have found that when I made the decision to just simply be myself and be less concerned about what others thought about my quote unquote blackness is when everything got right with the world, you know, it's like, 
I kind of felt like, why am I making it so much of my business to make sure that somebody else is comfortable about something that I can't help or change? Like, this is who I am. So, you know, I am, I am open. I am, um, I'm, I'm willing to have those difficult conversations about like race and, you know, that sort of thing. If like, you don't have to be afraid to talk about that. And a lot of times, a lot of times it's just straight up ignorance. It's just straight up people not knowing. And I don't know. I, I just, I just stop letting it worry me so much, you know? And even, you know, I go places and just got back from Europe and I would go into places and realize that I was like, you, you, as the only black person, you can't help but notice that, right? You can't help but like feel that. Went to this, I went to like the number one restaurant in Milan and it was pricey and it was good. And I was just like, I was the only black person in there. And I just was like, you know what? So what? And you know, if people want to look at me, they can look at me because I'm up in here, but that's not my problem. And so it's not in your head, but I just was like, I'm not going to worry about it, you know? And if I ever have an issue with it, I just like say it, you know, like sometimes I'll go places and you know, that feeling when somebody's like, I was at Nordstrom, let's just say a month ago. And I'm looking at the keel section, like trying to, they were having a sale and I'm just, and I'm, I'm, in, I'm in my gym clothes. Okay. I'm at Nordstrom in my gym clothes. And this one, uh, Caucasian lady comes up to me and was like, ask me a question. Like I work there. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Like I'm in gym clothes. I do not work here. But you know, I just politely said to her, ma'am, I don't work here. And I just kept it moving. And so that sort of stuff never goes away as a person of color. I think we, it's just something that you, you know, it's a, it's a part of it, but don't make it your issue. Don't make it, don't weigh yourself down with it. Um, because this is a life that you have to live loud and full and purposeful and as you like not a watered down version of you, but as you and, and let, and you know what? I think all people appreciate people as they are. So non-minority or whatever. I think people just want the real you. So don't feel like you need to do that. I hope I answered the question. If you guys have any more questions, hit me up on the Facebook. Uh, you can always go to my site and ask me anything. Mytachu.com. I'm on Snapchat. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. All as my week. Uh, have a good one. And I hope to check in with you guys soon.